Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Scott. Welcome to Skip Don Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. On today's episode, we're taking a look at the song Burning Rope by Genesis, which was on their ninth album, and then there were three. I'm not sure that you could say you love Genesis and not sound a little dorky. No matter, yeah, no matter what, <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is kind of like a coming out of a, for us. You know, we're like in a really exposed. Just, but I'm very, just, but I'm very proud. <laughs> just how proud and geeky we are because we're going to talk about Genesis. We're going to talk about you know Phil Collins who is kind of a joke in himself, you know, like a lot of people tend to think of Phil Collins as like dad music and whatever. And, uh, you know, we're probably going to end up talking about how Phil Collins is probably one of the greatest living drummers and, you know, most definitely and how people just don't even seem to know that that is, that is even the case. And yeah, so we're going to get, we're going to get pretty dorky in this episode. So if you're not a dork, you, you, this might be the episode where you're (laughs) kind of like, I don't know about these guys anymore, but no, but it's, it's very exciting to be doing uh, a Genesis episode and um this was this was hard like this was a hard episode to do because they have so much material and there's so much going on it's like where do we even begin and you know? and with a band that has two very famous singers it's yeah. like what do you you know what do you what do we gravitate towards do we do like the early peter gabriel era do we do the later phil collins era and we ended up you know settling so yeah. some, somewhere in the middle <laughs> somewhere in the middle yeah so no I, it, this is this is this is it's interesting to think about genesis and it's, it's also interesting to come from you know when we develop these skipped on shuffle episodes you know we talk a lot about like you know how, how we want to what how do we want to approach this what do you want to talk about where do we want to go and uh, and approaching genesis from from an analytical standpoint you know from the outside looking in, you, you, it, it was it was enlightening for me because I'm like, wow, like there is so much with this band. Like they did so much stuff. I mean, they had so many uh, ups and downs, and and so many things happening within the group and then outside the group. They 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 did it all. Like they had, you know, uh, they had like a, a kind of an underground, like you know, kind of like on the fringe kind of success. And then they became like massively mainstream popular success. And there's just a lot going on here. And it was pretty interesting to to get into it. Genesis basically starts out as a a high school band. It's these kids who are meeting at uh, the Charter House School, which is like this fancy private school in the UK. And that's essentially where where the band forms and everyone meets. The core members of the band who, who are there from the very beginning are Tony Banks, who's the keyboardist. Mike Rutherford, who plays bass and guitar. Peter Gabriel, who does vocals. 
And at the beginning, they had Anthony Phillips, who played guitar, and Chris Stewart, who played drums. But we're going to get into some of the, the personnel changes. Um, but Banks, Rutherford, and Gabriel are, are the core members there. So I think they had a, a, a drummer switch, and someone else takes over, John Silver, after somebody tells them, like, that, that, that this drummer is no good. You need to get somebody else. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we have to remember, these are, like, 15, 16-year-old kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, sometimes yeah. you're not that good. <laughs> um, so they uh, end up... Uh, meeting this guy, Jonathan King. He's an alumnus of that Charterhouse school. He comes back for some kind of like reunion thing and he hears Genesis play and he's like, oh, these guys are kind of interesting. Like, I, th- I think I'll, you know, it's like I, I, I have a, a record label. I'll, I'll sign them and, and give them some like studio time and see what happens. Um, so they end up recording their first album called From Genesis to Revelation. One of their singles was the song The Silent Sun. So now that you've heard that, that's probably the worst song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so very, I mean, they're, they're, this is, you know, uh, uh, late sixties. So very much trying to fit in with like the, the folk, the folky vibe of, of the times, but clearly, yeah, this, it's this, clearly is, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonathan King, who helped them make that album, you know, the, the album goes nowhere, you know, sells like, why? You know, it's like, so good. <laughs> you know, a handful of copies. So he ends up basically just, just forgetting about them because the, the other thing that's happening is they're also trying to write way more complicated songs. This Jonathan King is just like, no, you need like pop songs. That's what like gets you on the radio and gets you heard and makes you famous. They weren't really like too interested in that. So they end up eventually signing with Charisma Records and they get way more prog rock. Their first album that they record with Charisma Records comes out in 1970, an album called Trespass. And this is kind of the the prog rock blueprint that they'll follow. A big song on that one uh, that was a favorite also live hit was The Night. To begin, tell me that I'm a hero From a smell of your violent dreams Light up your body with anger Now, when a sucky word It's time to destroy all this evil Now, when I give a word Get ready to fight for your freedom So after that album, they go through a couple more personnel changes and we end up with the Genesis that we know. Phil Collins ends up coming on as a drummer. Anthony Phillips leaves as a guitarist and they pick up Steve Hackett. So these five, Banks, Rutherford, Hackett, Gabriel, and Collins form the Genesis that we we come to know for the early part of their career. So they're still moving in this prog rock direction. So they come out with another couple albums. Nursery Crime is in 1971, Foxtrot in 1972. And then finally in 1973, they start kind of making it as a live act and also getting some, a little bit of chart success with their song, I Know What I Like in Your Wardrobe. There's always been a Jacob, wake up, we got to tidy your room now. Mr. Lewis Isn't a time that he was out on his own Over the 
which listening to the stuff prior to to that song everything else is very ambitious and complicated songs have different movements so so i know what i like is kind of the closest they get to to really like a pop kind of song in this era and it also really showcases how just complicated this band is there's, there's it's just insane there's really no no way there's, to describe yeah, there's it. no way to describe it. when you put on selling and by the pound or 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 you know or or even or, or something on fox, fox Trotter Trotter or nursery nursery crime. Crime. Yeah. when you put it on the first thing you think of is just like whoa like there is so much going on with this music and you know there's there's just just incredible playing There's crazy acoustic just, guitar parts and the keyboard it's, is going it's, and yeah it's, it's it's like it's like a jazz band got with a classical conductor and then a rock band covered it. Like, I mean, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's just insane. It's unlike anything that, ha- that you could ever hear, especially at that point in time. Uh, but even today, like, it's like you pop on these records and you're just like, what, what the hell is this? Yeah. You're band? transported somewhere else it's, entirely. It's, it's completely out of control. And, uh, and selling by the pound because it had, I know what I like in your wardrobe, which was like, you know, a little bit more straightforward of a pop song. It, it put them like more on the map. I mean, they already were like having their own success in their own kind of, like, yeah. I mean, this is a band that's, consistently touring getting known for their live act because peter gabriel would dress up in you know all kinds of outfits um they're kind of experimenting with you know different things on stage different kind of light setups so when you went to see genesis it was like not only are they performing this super complicated music they're also trying to put on this sort of like theatrical show for you and that drew a lot of attention so these early years of Genesis really hit their peak with The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, this super weird concept album where Peter Gabriel is writing most of the lyrics. I, to this day, I don't even know most it's, of, it's most of what it's about. It's very metaphysical. There's, there's, there's creatures. There's alternate dimensions. <laughs> there's, you know, characters meeting themselves. It's, 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 it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the biggest hit on that is probably, and something they would continue to play throughout their career, is The Carpet Crawlers. Pulled up by the magnet, leaving their free carpet crawlers. Be their crawlers. We gotta get in to get out. We gotta get in to get out. I don't know if I'd qualify Lamb Lies Down on Broadway as a big hit, but certainly their biggest album to date. You know, they're getting very noticed in in publications and as a live band, and there's a lot of attention, and a lot of that attention is focused on Peter Gabriel. So much so that he decides to, he's, he's feeling stifled, he decides to leave the band and go embark on a solo career. And we actually have a whole Skips on Shuffle episode devoted to Peter Gabriel, so be sure to check that out if you want to know more of the story of Peter Gabriel. But he departs the band, so we'll just, you know, leave that. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it, it should be also mentioned that it was kind of, you know, it, it was mutually, I feel like everybody wanted yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because like you said, like Peter, Ga- it was starting to become like, like Peter Gabriel and the Genesis. Like yeah. it was much more people were like looking at Peter Gabriel as being this over the top, you know, uh, star. Meanwhile, the rest of the band members are just, they just want to play music. They just want to play very complicated, intense, awesome, you know, prog rock. And, uh, and they're so, like, this guy throws a mask on and goes out and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and suddenly no one's paying attention to, to what we're doing. Exactly. So when Peter Gabriel, you know, decided he wanted to leave, it wasn't exactly a devastating blow to the group. I mean, obviously they had to change things. They had to, to figure out what they were going to do next and how they were going to move forward. But it was, it wasn't like, a like, ah, I hate all you people. I'm out of here. It was more like, it's time for me to go, you know? 
So Peter Gabriel leaves. Genesis are obviously left without a singer. So there's this period where they're trying to audition people and they're not quite sure what they want to do. Uh, allegedly, they had listened to like hundreds of audition tapes trying to basically find a singer to, to replace Peter Gabriel. They haven't found anyone. They decide to just go in the studio and start recording new material anyway. And they end up convincing Phil Collins to sing on a track. And everyone is kind of so impressed that they encourage Phil Collins, like, why don't you just take over as lead singer? So Phil Collins had previously sung on a track that's on uh, Selling England by the Pound called More Fool Me. So it's not like no one had heard. And and he provided backing vocals to Gabriel. Um, so it's not like no one had heard his voice, um, but it was certainly a very different style than, than Peter Gabriel. So as a four-piece band, it's now Phil Collins, Tony Banks, Mike Rutherford, Steve Hackett. They move forward and record two more albums shortly after Gabriel leaving, uh, A Trick of the Tale, and then Wind and Wuthering. So those two albums come out pretty much back to back. So they're still writing a lot of new material. They still have that prog rock style, but they're not really, you know, getting any anywhere. I mean, the, the albums are, are critically uh, accepted, like in terms of, you know, people were like, wow, like this band managed to move on without Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins is, you know, a good singer, but they're not really getting any hits and it's not really clear where the band is going at this point. So around this time, Steve Hackett is becoming a little less involved with the band. A lot of Trick of the Tail they had written without his presence. And he just kind of came in and did his, you know, crazy cool guitar tracks. And then finally, after Wind and Wuthering, Steve Hackett leaves the band to go on a solo career. Again, a little bit of the like feeling stifled creatively. And the band is left with just the the three core members that we, we kind of probably more readily associate with Genesis. So Phil Collins on on vocal and drums, Tony Banks on keyboards, and Mike Rutherford now playing bass and guitar tracks. So in 1978, they come out with, and then there were three, which are songs. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there. So and then there were three has the song we're going to talk about today, Burning Rope. So we're going to hop back, but it also has what would be um, one of their earlier big hits, which is Follow You, Follow Me. So we'll obviously get more into and then there were three a little bit later in this episode but they start moving in a more pop direction they start making the songs a lot more simple they change that prog rock approach so in 1980 they released duke which has the song misunderstanding kind of hear how they're moving in this more pop direction they follow that up with uh abacab in 1981 continuing to move in that writing more simple pop songs and also writing a lot more like love songs or songs about you know simple songs about relationships in 1983 they released their self-titled album genesis the big hit on that one is that's all just as i thought it was going all right 
Everybody's heard that song. Like so that, you can that's, yeah, yeah, and you can already hear the 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 stark difference. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just like completely. It's it's a completely different band by now. Like they they've they've abandoned. You know, they, well, they haven't abandoned, but they've basically really played down the idea that they were ever even in a prog rock band, and mostly are just like we are now a pop synthy eighties pop band yeah there's still some of those tendencies where there's you know a few songs that run kind of long but they certainly make sure that we have like you know those shorter three four five minute pop songs on there and so at this point when genesis comes out this band starts getting huge like just monstrously huge playing in giant stadiums places like wembley stadium like just huge places and they just seemingly continue to get bigger and bigger so they in 1986 they come out with invisible touch which despite only has having eight tracks on it five of those songs are number one hits and i'm sure you've heard the title track invisible touch at some point So at this point, they're still touring, still huge. In 1991, they released what would be their last album with Phil Collins called We Can't Dance. And that, again, has a bunch of hits on it, including, I guess, not quite the title track, but the song (laughs) I Can't Dance. So at this point with the band, I mean, this band is just, you know, huge. They have tons of hits under their belt. You know, they toured the biggest places humanly possible. And Phil Collins decides that he's going to leave to focus more on what he wants to do with his solo career. In typical Genesis fashion, Banks and Rutherford decide, well, we're still going to carry on. They end up replacing Collins with a singer, Ray Wilson. They end up coming out with one album called Calling All Stations. Not much to say about it there it did it wasn't very well accepted by you know anyone despite you know the the valiant effort to carry on and genesis ends up basically dissolving after that point they do a reunion tour in 2006 but that didn't have you know any new material and since then you know the band hasn't really done anything since but now we're going to go back to 1978 with the ninth album, and then there were three, and talk about what what went down with this band when Steve Hackett, the guitar player, left the band, and and they had to forge on up uh, on their own and try and figure out like what direction they were going to take the group into. Now that they were once again, there were only three. <laughs> We 
We hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. So Genesis at this point in time has gone through a lot of changes. They, they lost Peter Gabriel a few years before and they continued on without him. And they, you know, are now losing Steve Hackett, which is another integral part of the band. And the band's got to sort of decide what they're going to do. You know, are they going to continue on doing what they've done? Or are they going to try and do something different? And and the best way that I can describe it is maybe thinking about like the television show, The Office, when Steve Carell leaves the office, the, the, the show tries to continue on without him. And obviously the show has built its own legs. It's, 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 it's got characters that everyone knows and loves. You've got Jim, you've got Pam, you've got all these people that aren't Steve Carell's character, but Steve Carell is kind of the core of the show and that's what people were tuning into. And so when he left, they just kind of continued on without him and it didn't really work out as well as it did when he was there so the band is like kind of in that zone right now they're like okay like people have left we're 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 the same three guys that have been in here for years now are we going to continue on doing the exact same thing that we've been doing or are we going to try and change it up and i think with this album they kind of like were halfway like they sort of like took their first step through the door of being like we're going to do something different but also kept their other leg you know firmly in what they had done in the past and you know that makes this album extremely interesting because it's like sort of a mixture of these two worlds of like this intense prog rock craziness. And then also sort of developing this like pop synthy eighties kind of sound. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird record to listen to being a fan of, you know, the early Genesis with Peter Gabriel as the front man. And then being also a fan of the later Genesis, which is just like straight up pop craftsmanship. I think there's a good quote from Tony Banks that also puts this into a little bit more context because this is 1978. So Tony Banks says, you have to remember this came out just after punk. It was kind of a strange thing. We were sort of still surviving, but I couldn't quite work out why. ELP had died. Yes, had died, but we were still going along and we were lucky to have this hit single. He's referring to follow you, follow me, um, come out in the middle of this and we were okay. So it's interesting to think about how, you know, they're paying attention to those other prog rock bands that are out there and realizing like, oh, they're not, you know, as popular or, you know, they've they've gone through other changes and other things. And we're kind of, you know, possibly like the dinosaurs that are, you know, still still hanging around the music scene and everything else has changed. And we're still trying to just plow forward doing doing the same thing. And I think also. Uh, Steve Hackett leaving let them feel a little bit more free because here's this guy who's like this virtuoso, cool guitarist doing all these amazing things. And to give that person time to do those amazing things, you know, it's going to make every song two or three minutes longer. And here's a guy who's like, oh, we should have, you know, this kind of passage in the song and then it should change to this. And so with Steve Hackett gone, you know, they, they were left with like, oh, maybe we can just write 
simpler songs and we don't have to do something to necessarily, you know, please another voice in here who, you know, wants to move in that direction. So the band, you know, started to look and, and say, okay, maybe, maybe we do want to write simpler songs. And even though there's some prog rock sense, uh, sensibility with this album, for sure, you can definitely get a sense that they're trying to be a little bit more focused on, okay, what, what's, what's a catchy melody line, you know, for a vocal, you know, what, what's kind of like a, a catchy hook that doesn't have to be this super complicated, you know, crazy guitar riff. Like what, what's, what's something a little bit simpler. Interestingly enough, if you think about that, uh, you know, this album as being that, as being like their experimentation of be of 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 questioning their own formula and being like, okay, we don't have to do what Genesis has always done. We can do something a little different. If 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 that album, if the entire album is that, then this song that we're covering today, Burning Rope, is that again, but down to one song because Burning Rope does feature like some complicated piano work. Uh, it's got some synthesizer stuff. Stuff that's pretty pretty intense some weird time changes weird about. time changes that kind of thing and and the song is long we're talking about a song that's over seven minutes long so this is this is a commitment if you're not a big genesis <laughs> fan from the early days and you're going to listen to this track then you're going to this is this is seven minutes of your life that you're going to have to commit to, to 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 this to this track but at the same time like it does have some of that pop sensibility to it. They are working with a little bit more of a hook, a little bit more pop stuff going in. You know, obviously Burning Rope is not a hit. It's not on the radio. You'll never hear Burning Rope on a commercial radio station. <laughs> you know, maybe on some of the crazy college stations, you'll hear this track. But, you know, this is not going to be a Genesis radio hit. But at the same time, if you listen to the track, you can hear it in there. And so what happens is, is that this, this song, Burning Rope, ends up being like a microcosm of of the band at this point in time you know you've got the 70s ending you've got the 80s beginning and it's like this song represents so much of genesis like doing everything that it ever what did and ever will do but all in one track of those who do not wish you well you must place a trail of your own So yes, Burning Rope is a long song. The The beginning of the song is an instrumental that's a, like a minute or so uh, just by itself. But uh, we were talking about how they're, how the band is trying to, to gain more of a pop sensibility. And one of the things you'll notice in listening to this track is that despite the fact that the opening of the song is like a, a minute long, the guitar riff in there mimics the the melody of the vocals. So they're really trying to, to do th- more hooky kind of things to to kind of ensnare you as a listener and despite again this being like a seven minute song and and a couple of you know weird musical passages it is pretty like first chorus verse so looking at the lyrics a little bit how i kind of feel about the song is this is a band kind of reflecting on their own history looking at where they've been and where they think they're going to go some of the lines that stand up to me stand out to me is you climbed up on a burning rope to escape the mob below, but you had to put the flaming out so that others could now follow. So to me, that kind of says, you know, we 
we we've done our time you know we've we've put in the effort you know played all these shows you know found our success and so so our 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 success is well deserved like we earned it we like climbed up that rope and we've also brought other people you know along with us it's it's you know whether that's you know giving Steve Hackett and Peter Gabriel a platform that they could go out on their solo careers like i almost kind of feel that way that you know Tony Banks is like we we've helped other people, you know, find themselves and find their career, even if they don't want to be in this band anymore. Well, it, it, that, that's that's definitely true. Or or it could even just be like their own influence over the music, you know, over like music industry stuff in general. You know, just like you know, you know, they they did forge a trail. Like Genesis did a lot of things that other bands just weren't doing at the time, and so you know they kind of opened up a platform for other types of music to come in. You know, uh, you know, they had their their prog rock peers like like you referenced earlier, like Yes and Emerson Lincoln Palmer and, and stuff like that. But there's also younger bands coming up now that are listening to Genesis and doing their thing and 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 influenced by that. So I I definitely think that like yeah, it's like that particular stanza of the lyrics that you you're referencing. You climb up upon a burning rope to escape the mob below, but you had to put the flaming out so others could now follow. Yeah, I, I think that that could be all encompassing of just being like we we did what we did and we achieved a lot but it was on a burning rope like it, this was like we were at any moment the bottom was going to drop out and we all could have fallen to our deaths into the flames <laughs> below or whatever but uh but yeah but i think that that's that's kind of like that 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 stands that kind of like encapsulates not only this song but i feel like the album and then just like the band entirely at that moment yeah and then i mean there's there's more lyrics that we can kind of delve into here you must blaze a trail of your own unknown alone so even that's that's kind of the the flip side of you know you can celebrate the fact that you've managed to survive this long and still be making music that you know people listen to but also you know it 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 kind of invites the the listener to kind of think well you have to also remember no one no one knows what the next steps are like if all these other bands have you know fizzled out for one reason or another you know you're you're thinking about the road ahead where you're like what decisions do we make next because there's no there's no pattern to follow there's no like blueprint we can follow um it's kind of the one thing about being you know a trailblazer is a you know you look cool to look back and be like, wow, we survived all that and we made it here, you know, to, to our ninth album where you think a lot of bands like never even make it that far. And now that you're here, you're like, oh, we have all this experience and all this knowledge and yet we still don't really know where we should go. And we're still concerned about, you know, what our history might be. And I mean, there's there's a little bit of that in here where um, you're old and disillusioned now as you realize at least that all you have accomplished here will have soon all turned to dust. Where I think there's a little bit of a sense of uh, worry about what will the legacy of this band be? Like, do we, you know, continue on trying to to do what we're doing, or you know, after Steve Hackett leaves, we 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 try to do this album, it goes nowhere, and everyone's like, oh, it, it was it was Peter Gabriel and Steve Hackett who were you know, really Genesis, and they were the important parts of this band. So I think it's also a little bit of this band saying like, no, we're 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 responsible for the success of this band and we want to prove that the, you know, the quality of songwriting and that we can do this on our own. And, and I think that's kind of reflected in the lyrics too. And, and in a lot of the themes of, of this album. What's really interesting to me is that 
obviously, right, you know, it's 2019, so we can look back on the decades that it's been since this album was released, and 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 we think about, you know, we think about Duke and Abacab and Genesis and Invisible Touch and We Can't Dance and all that stuff, and we think about the massive tours and the massive success that they have. But at this point in time, when the band is writing this song in particular on this album, they have no idea that Follow You, Follow Me is going to be a hit. Like, they have no clue. So they're writing this song like, you know, I would say... A good word for this is maybe maybe nervous would be a lighthearted word and then terrified would be a more like, you know, intense word. But the band is like, they're, they're, they're something. They're like, we don't really know what's going to happen. Like, we don't really know where we're going. We're confident that we have the, the gumption to get there, but we still don't know what's going to happen once we start down this path of like trying to do something on our own. And so like they're writing this song in this like pensive, like, ah, I don't know what to do. Ah, you know, not having any idea that in, you know, six months after they release this album, like they're going to have their first, like, you know, big hit in follow you, follow me. So it's like interesting to listen back to this now and hear this band going through this, like, you know, this trouble and thinking to themselves like, guys, guys, you're going to be fucking huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like you, you already are pretty big now, but you have no, no idea what you're in for like that must that, that, that it, to me that's interesting it's like it's like you know thinking about like i don't know somebody going through something like really difficult and thinking you know at, but not knowing that the road lying ahead is going to be even worse you know it's kind of the opposite of that it's like you know you're thinking like oh like you know things this is a little tough right now i don't know what to do I'm like don't worry guys like <laughs> you're going to be doing really really well soon <laughs> yeah it's funny because a lot of the 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 criticism of Genesis is, you know, oh, Phil Collins, like, you know, forced them to move in this pop direction when it was really like this group kind of decision. And a lot of it, you know, based on like, you know, do we want people to listen to us or not? Yeah. And then, yeah, kind of stumbling upon follow you, follow me, where it's like, oh, maybe people enjoy us when we play something simpler and something kind of having to do with love rather than like singing about whatever whatever (laughs) uh you know like a lot of i mean i mean you listen to a lot of the early genesis stuff and there are these really like weird ambitious stories and i mean there's still like a little a little bit of the that kind of storytelling on there but it's interesting to hear a band just kind of like distill themselves down to like the the more basic elements and being like oh maybe maybe we we should just be confident with who we are rather than you know try to try to mask it with like you know fancy playing like sometimes just you know a a three chord song can be a great song and we shouldn't be so you know self-conscious about you know what people think of us which is you know kind of kind of just a crazy thing because i can't think of many other bands who have taken such a sharp turn in their career as genesis did and i and i think we think of it in more of a a negative commercial sense like oh they they sold out they just wanted to like sell records as opposed to like i don't know they were a lot happier sitting down writing these songs where we didn't have to think like oh what are we gonna do when it changes to like nine eight times and how are we <laughs> you, know, you know like uh, i mean there's 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 something like I, I don't know if it's like the cliched, like getting older and enjoying like the simple things, you know, in life more. I, I, I don't know if that's that's could necessarily be applied to to Genesis, but it's not kind of seems to be the case where it's like the, the more we the more we simplify things and and the 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 more we just think about like, what do we what do we actually feel like doing as opposed to trying to fulfill some kind of expectation for, you know, at this point, it's like you pick up a Genesis album 
you're expecting, you know, some really complicated 10 minute long songs, you know, about like, you know, these kind of like fantastical things or something. And instead, like here, I picked up a Genesis album and suddenly, you know, I'm getting like pop songs and love songs and breakup songs. I think it's also interesting to think about the idea of of how, you know, we, we mentioned earlier how Genesis put in their time, you know. Yeah, you could you could make a bunch of negative statements about like, oh, this is the beginning of them selling out. Like this is the beginning of them giving up on those prog rock ideals and going towards the the easy money and writing those easy pop songs or whatever. But it's like in a way, like they earned it, you know? Like yeah. th- there was a struggle. Like I mean, I, obviously Genesis was not like hurting, you know, like they were they were making money, they were living fine, you know, it wasn't like they were dirt poor in the streets like just you know scraping together you know they, they were doing good they were touring big places and they had some some success and they had a dedicated fan base and they were they were a popular band but they weren't like rolling in it they weren't like a mega band of of mega stardom and and i you know who could fault somebody for being like you know what like for the past 10 years we've been playing like moderately sized places we've been struggling to like put our show together and do all this stuff that we're gonna do and and you know we've been staying in like not the nicest hotels but you know just now we're going to try and do something that's going to actually get us to where we're going to be what we've what we've earned you know like what we've done the work for you can't really fault them for that i don't think My first introduction to Genesis was when I was a kid, and it was definitely the Phil Collins fronted version with with the you know the '80s pop hits that they had you know in the the latter half of 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 the career. And I liked it, you know, I thought it was good and you know fun, and I liked those songs, and they were catchy, and 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 uh, I definitely remember first seeing the video for Land of Confusion with the creepy puppets and and all that. Like I I remember those those moments, but but really what made me fall in love with Genesis and, and, and want to delve into their catalog deep and become a huge fan was, was selling England by the pound. I mean, that's definitely one of the most important records in, in my music listening life. Uh, you know, just because it was such, a it was such like a, a moment to listen to that record for the first time and say to myself, like, holy shit, like what, how do they do this? Like how, how can a band be this? You know, it's like you've got you've got five guys in the band, all incredibly good. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. Phil Collins is is easily one of the greatest drummers that's ever lived. I mean, like people don't think about that. You know, when you start thinking about like great drummers in bands, you know, they think about Dave Grohl and John Bonham and, you know, like people that are amazingly, amazingly talented. But I mean, Phil Collins is Phil Collins. Like it's like musicians know that Phil Collins is an amazing drummer, but I feel like the general populace just doesn't understand how good he really was. And, and then Peter Gabriel, like, you know, amazing vocalist, amazing front man. And, and then, you know, and everybody, everybody in the band is so good at their instruments and unbelievably, especially on selling, selling England by the pound is that everybody gets their moment to shine. You know, everybody is putting forth their best effort and you can hear 
each person's part so clearly and definitively. You know, I think of other bands that have you know, have you know five or, or more members in them, and uh, and you can't really think of, I can't really think about a band that really gets those things across very well. You know, you think about a band like Radiohead. There's five guys in Radiohead, and when, you know when you think about it, you think about Tom York's vocals. You maybe think about like you know Johnny Greenwood's guitar work, but do you really think about like Phil Selway's you know drumming? Do you really think about like the bass playing? You know, you might if you're a musician, but I feel like the general populace would just hear it and they all they hear is like Tom York's vocals and they'd be like, oh yeah, there's a band behind him. But with Genesis and especially Selling England by the Pound, like all I hear is five amazing, amazing musicians all at the top of their game. And so that was a huge, hugely important album for me. And when I think about Genesis, I automatically, that's that's where I go. I think about that. But when when they transitioned and and with this album, with Burning, with, uh, with And Then There Were Three and then this track, Burning Rope, like... I do appreciate how like they couldn't do that forever, you know, especially with Steve Hackett no longer in the band and Peter Gabriel no longer in the band. It's like, they just couldn't do that. And so it's like, you know, could they have broken up and become a different band? Sure. But you know, they also have like this name, this Genesis name that they, that they make lots of money on and they, they have success behind. So it's like, they don't want to like throw that away. So like listening to this record and listening to this song a lot for, for this episode, you know, it, it really did get me to thinking about like how much I loved Genesis when I first heard them, you know, on selling England by the pound, but how much now I respect what they've done and, and where they've gone, uh, and, and can appreciate both sides, you know, the Phil Collins side and the Peter Gabriel side and the pop side and the prog rock side. It, it, it is, it is an interesting thing to listen to and, and, and be able to, fall, you know, fall in the middle of both of those worlds. I think the first time I heard Genesis uh, ha- had to be on the radio, um, but I-, I would go with my family to this pizza place and they had one of those little jukeboxes uh, at the booth and I would always play the t- the same two songs. One of those would be UB40's cover of Red Red Wine. What? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, the other, and the other one would be Genesis, I Can't Dance. I Can't Dance, yeah, okay. Um, and I, I just like always think of that. And I mean, even even if I listen to other Genesis stuff, I just think it's kind of funny that it like started there. <laughs> um, and, and at some point I picked up uh, the, the Greatest Hits album, the Turn It On Again, um, that had mostly just Phil Collins stuff. There was... There was I know what I like in your wardrobe and um, they had redone uh, re-recorded carpet crawlers and those were only like the two Peter Gabriel vocal tracks and I can't say that I really listened to those I I don't know if I'd like consciously like skip over them but I was really into like the Phil Collins stuff like I just love the poppy stuff it's just been interesting to discover like all the other parts of this band so I don't know at what point it happened probably like sometime in high school. I started listening to like a lot of Peter Gabriel. And then I remember just being shocked when I discovered that Peter Gabriel had been in Genesis <laughs> and, and thinking about like, you know, I can't dance in those pop hits and then going back and being like, oh, yeah, that is Peter Gabriel singing on these, you know, two tracks they threw in there just to feel like they <laughs> they, they covered their bases with like, you know, the their stuff and going back and digging through. And, and um, I, I don't think I could put it any better. uh than you did about you know the the impact of selling them by the pound where like hands down one of the greatest records that i've like ever listened to and yeah just the the phenomenal playing and just how interesting it is when you dig into a band that has you know been around for as long as genesis has been around and just how much fun that is and it really hasn't been until 
I would say the last year or two that I even attempted to dig into like that, that period in between with uh, trick of the tail, wind and weathering um, and this album. And then there were three and it's gave me uh, uh, a similar like experience. Like I kind of have a whole new appreciation um, for this band and especially um, the individual contributions of each of these members. And I feel like, yeah, Genesis is this band that just, is is truly a band like a very clearly democratic band with how they like approach things where it's like everyone gets their equal time everyone gets to be heard you know on these records uh even though you know they're 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 different people bringing ideas to the table so it, it's interesting just kind of uh, hearing where this band started and where they ended up and this kind of like simplified thing there's there's um i i can't remember who kind of who who put the idea out there? But there is basically like this this idea in in, in when, when you're studying like a, a some like the, a, a film director where they're gonna have their like early period where they do like the these kind of like weird things and then they have their middle period where they go like full outlandish and then they have their like latter period where they like really simplify their work and distill it down to like themes they've been working on for a while. And um, while it doesn't fit entirely, because certainly some of the the early Peter Gabriel stuff that fits the bill for that like weird outlandish stuff, it is just interesting to hear these musicians who uh, don't necessarily feel the need to kind of impress anyone with like virtuoso playing anymore. I feel like a lot of the early Genesis stuff is... I'm not going to say like unnecessarily complicated, but certainly these are people who are specifically sitting down with the intention of writing complicated music um, as opposed to just like we know ourselves better and I want to write, you know, a, a love song and, you know, I only have to use a couple chords and I, I like these chords and, and there's still some elements of that early Genesis in there. Like if you look at some of the chords for, uh, you know, some of the songs on the later albums, there's still like kind of weird stuff going on. But it, it, it's kind of just cool to hear a band that feels confident and mature enough. And I feel like a lot of the the story of Genesis as a band is being like, I realize we're moving in this pop direction and there are going to be people who think that's, you know, uncool or whatever. But we're so much more confident in, in who we are as people and as musicians that it doesn't really matter. Like we don't have to impress anyone and anybody can say what they want. Uh, about us but I, I feel like it's it's a good lesson in staying true to yourself as who you are as a musician where yeah they they could be going out on a limb writing all this crazy complicated music but that's not who they are anymore and they don't really feel the need to to play into you know that name or that ideal so you know you when you say genesis now it could mean you know, a whole bunch of different things to, to different people, depending on who you're talking to. And I feel like that's just a really cool thing that I don't think a lot of, um, other bands get that benefit. Like I, I, I think it's, I think it's cooler to, to mention a name and be like, you know, have two people who might have wildly different opinions, um, on that band based on kind of what they've, they've gravitated towards. And, um, so for me, Genesis, I just think like, variety and i and i think that's just a good thing in life thank you for listening to this episode of skipped on shuffle be sure to visit our webpage at skippedonshuffle.com where we have a blog and links to our social media facebook twitter instagram and also a youtube page where we perform 
the songs that we discuss in these episodes. We are trying our best to keep Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free podcast. So if you are interested in helping to support that, please visit our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash skipped on shuffle. Any donations that come there could go straight to keeping uh, Skipped on Shuffle a ad-free experience and go straight to paying for the various costs that are associated with running this podcast.